0: G'day everyone and welcome to the House of Mario, a South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 212 are open. This week on the show we're going to be talking about my thoughts on the newly released Pokemon Legends Arceus, Nintendo taking down videos including their music, Charlie Day's experience in the Mario movie, and towards the end of the show, we'll be discussing a little bit about how I'd like to see the Pokemon series handled going forward. And the talk all about that is just myself this week. It's just a solo episode. I hope you guys are down for that. If not, well, you can listen to something else. Don't know what to say. It is what it is. It's been a bit hard to sort of catch up with Bryce the last, last month. It's been a month. <laughs> Our uh, recording schedule has just been thrown in the chaos with COVID and babies and Fair few things happening, but I'm glad to record this for you guys. It's been a long time, and I'm just want to—I just want to get back into it. I just want to talk to you guys and really enjoy, sort of, uh, you know, kind of my new fond excitement over the, you know, the last few days of playing a lot of uh, a lot of Pokemon, which has been a lot of fun. And I'm keen to talk about all of that. But uh, yeah, that's going to take up a big part of the show. So I hope you're, hope you're excited, hope you're keen to hear some uh, Pokemon discussions. But uh, yeah, a lot's been going on the last month. Bloody hell, that uh, Activision news that came out, Microsoft bought them. That's a bit crazy, eh? Not so much to talk about on this show. You know, Activision games don't typically come apart from, you know, the last couple of Crash Bandicoot games. Um, You know, we don't see Call of Duty or anything like that. So nothing nothing to affect Nintendo too much. Um, But I think after thinking about it a little bit, it's... uh, It's a good thing, I guess, Microsoft bought them and not Tencent. Having Tencent being, you know, a big player in the video games industry, especially in sort of the the console gaming and the PC side of things, rather than just mobile phones. I'm glad that (laughs) that Call of Duty is going to be a part of my Game Pass subscription anyway. So, Um, yeah, it's interesting. But then today, Sony buys Bungie, the creators of Halo and, you know, currently running Destiny 2, which is big news as well another company it doesn't affect Nintendo or you know games coming to Nintendo Switch whatsoever I don't believe a Bungie game has ever come to a Nintendo platform so nothing <laughs> nothing to worry about if you're a Switch only gamer but just uh, it's really interesting seeing this uh, you know sort of back and forth of um, just buying things between the big companies and when active, oh, when um, Amazon or Apple or one of these other big companies are going to say, you know what, we're going to buy one of them as well and get involved, it's very interesting. And then there's Nintendo here just sort of not doing much, you know. They buy next-level games, which has been making games exclusively for Nintendo systems for over a decade with Mario Strikers, Mario Strikers Charged, and obviously the most recently, Luigi's Mansion 3, which was a just a phenomenal game. So that's sort of uh, their acquisition for the last, uh, we'll see if they do any more. I don't think so. I don't think Nintendo really need to. I don't need. I don't think PlayStation really need to either. So, mm, so, so it is worrying. But uh, as a as a podcaster, as someone who just sort of watches from <laughs> the country here in South Australia, far away from anywhere the industry actually takes place, it's uh, it's interesting nevertheless. Um, and uh, if it all goes to shit, at least we can just uh, unhook from the internet and just play play our games <laughs> with no internet. Maybe not some games if you're a big online gamer, maybe not. If you're yeah, Bryce playing Final Fantasy 14, he's, he's got to stay online. He can't keep off. But for me, playing Pokemon or whatever, it's probably best to stay offline because it's going to it's going to lag out or uh, you know, you know how it has been Nintendo Gamma. You're pretty much you're pretty much best just staying offline. We know how it is. But anyway, let's uh, let's get rolling with things. Let's start off with an Apple podcast review. So this was left by uh, our good friend Delphine Durians. Been on her podcast a f- couple of times now. I was on within the last month. So go and check out uh, that podcast. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you're interested. It's all about the Super Mario Bros. cartoon, the Super Saga Super Show. It's very, very fun to be on. Those girls definitely can talk a lot which is fantastic (laughs) if you're doing a podcast there's no point being quiet now but she leaves a leaves a review called hashtag bring bring back the hashtags And it reads, I'm not only giving this establishment a five-star rating because I'm good friends with the host, but also because they provide the latest Nintendo news, some honest opinions, some honest opinions, (laughs) not all honest. No, no. Some are very dishonest. Anyway, uh, uh, opinions on said news and are just two good South Australian chaps. My only complaint about them now is where are the hashtags? Hashtag bring back the hashtags, especially long hashtags. Yes, and that's that's it. Then bring back the hashtags, especially the long ones. Well, I don't know. I don't know how long we haven't been doing the hashtags. We haven't been doing the show in a while, let alone the hashtag. So I apologise for that, but I will be doing a hashtag at the end of this episode. So if you get to the end, you know, put it in a social post or put it in the House of Murray Discord. And so we know that you reach the end. That's why we do it. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I actually heard the idea on Defining Dukes, which is an Xbox podcast, which I quite enjoy. And they started doing the hashtags at the end of that. I'm like, that's a cool idea because it makes it made me go like, hey, I should do a post and include the hashtags so that no one listened. So I'm like, I'll try that on my podcast, see if that works. I don't know. It's, it's worked a couple of times. It's pretty cool. So thank you very much, Delfino, for posting that. If you guys would like to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and... Now, Spotify, yes. So go and go onto your platform of choice, leave us a review. We very much appreciate it. Now, let's jump into something I'm very excited about, a game that I've been anticipating for about a year, pretty much exactly a year. It was announced pretty much this time last year for the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon series to kick things off. We got an announcement for Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Yeah, yeah, that game is uh, okay at best. It's fine. It's a uh, yeah, that's something. But uh, Pokemon Legends asked yes by Game Freak is something I've been looking forward for a long time. A brand new Pokemon game from you know the the people that actually have made Pokemon f- for the whole time the series has been going, and it was very much up in the air of how this game would turn out. It really was. The marketing was very very quiet, and I think that's a good thing. Um, it's a good thing because in the past, Pokemon has been, has been like, all right, we need to sell this game. Let's tell you everything to get you excited. But once you, you've gotten to the game, you're like, you're expecting things. So you know the new Pokemon. You know, uh, in the in the case of uh, was it Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, you know there's going to be like Rainbow Rocket. You know that all these villains are going to be coming back and that you're going to be doing a lot of that. And it's like, that's like the main selling part of that game. Like. Give us some surprises. So with Sword and Shield, they, you know, they held a lot back. Unfortunately, like every Pokemon game just gets leaked to all hell. And this game was no different. This game this game was the most leaked game I've come across in my time paying attention to the games, media, and video games, honestly. Like, you know, with um 3DS, it was relatively easy to say get a pirated copy in that. Um, But this game was just emulated on PC, so people could easily get a copy on their PC. Um, You know, people were streaming on Twitch, the the Pokemon are out there, everything about the game was out there in the open. And I had a look at some of it, I had a look at the Pokemon, I watched some people just do um, mindless tasks on Twitch, you know, just exploring and doing whatever I just wanted to get a sense of the gameplay because we really didn't get that much of an idea of what this game was what are we actually doing we know we're trying to complete the Pokedex but what does that involve and just like watching it I was a bit unsure like all right I'm gonna have so much fun just being in an open field and catching Pokemon if this is a bad game I'm at least gonna have a lot of fun with just that experience alone And getting my hands on the game last Friday, I uh, started up at 11.30, the game unlocked on my digital copy, jumped straight into it, spent about four hours that night, went to bed very early in the morning and a few mornings after that as well. I actually (laughs) haven't slept much at all since this game came out. I've been playing it a lot. I'm about, I think I'm about a little bit under 40 hours in. I've uh, completely finished the main story done the post-game story and now I'm just like, you know, mucking around doing some cleanup tasks, doing the Pokedex stuff of like that. So when I'm discussing this game, there's going to be no spoilers, no um, no story spoilers. We'll be going into that when we're back with Bryce, I dare say. We'll be do like a spoiler cast type of a full discussion. But this is very much for the people that just want to, you know, hear some opinions and they're halfway through the game or maybe you're on the fence. And you're like, all right, I'm kind of over Pokemon. You know, Sword and Shield didn't really do it for me. What is Pokemon Legends Arceus like? And I've got to say right off the bat, I love this game. I love this game so much. I'm addicted to it when I'm not playing it. I want to be playing it. And it's been a long time since a game has hooked me that much. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive Pokemon fan. I'm, I'm a Pokemon super fan. So <laughs> that they're, they're, they're able to get me pretty well. Like even um, with Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. I I think they're poor remakes of some pretty good games. Like Diamond and Pearl, they're not the strongest Pokemon games. Uh, They have a lot of problems, but in the day, they, they brought in a bunch of new features that were really awesome. Like the first Pokemon games to be online, online trading, online battling, you know, dual screens. They use like the microphone. They use heaps of different gimmicks and ideas that the DS brought. And it was really cool. So as a kid, I remember that. But when it's like, all right, let's take away those things. Let's, you know, this game doesn't even have like it Doesn't even have the online trading and stuff that the DS version had, and you know the the graphics. You know I like the art style. I got nothing against the chibi-ness of the game, but I think that if you're going to remake it, like really put it in there, because this game was it was just dodgy. It was, a, it, was a, it was it was it wasn't good. But I still played a lot of it. I played like you know forty hours of it as well. I, uh, I like did EV training and all that. And I probably would have put a lot more time into it if they didn't just release another mainline Pokemon game uh, a couple of months later, especially since I got to the game um, later anyway. But anyway, uh, regardless, anyway. So back to Pokemon Legends RCS. Yes, absolutely love the game. I pl- played it a lot. When I was playing it, I just just didn't want to stop. And I played it to like six o'clock, a couple of nights in a row. And I was so tired and I just get up the next day because at the moment I'm at just I'm just at home, just sort of waiting for this baby to pop. So I've got a, I've got a bit of spare time on my hands when I'm not getting stuff around the house ready or what have you. So it's been actually a really nice experience having a game like this that I've been really excited about come out in January because typically we don't get games in January. Like I've never had a big release come out in January. Actually, maybe I think Gravity Rush Two came out in February, early February. I remember that. That, so that, that, that might be another example, but it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. So I absolutely love this game. I think this, the, the idea, the story was great. Well, you know, it's, it's not The Last of Us or anything like that. It's not going to blow you away. But I thought it was a great sort of look into the into like Pokemon lore. The characters were fun. Um, and sort of the way the story wrapped up, I was happy with. And It was a kind of a, a cool look into some ancient lore of the Sinnoh re- region that used to be the Hisui region. Which is, uh, I think, it's really quite quite interesting. But I, I guess let's get let's get the negatives out of the way to start off with, um, and and the most boring sort of side of it as well. Let's talk about the technical aspects because I know this is going to come up in every single review, every single person talking about it on the podcast. And some people are going to be very hard on it. Some people are going to sort of, you know, sort of shug it off and not worry about it too much. But I think in the graphics department, the game is... The art style is very nice and some parts of the game really do look quite nice. Uh, It really depends on the lighting, the time of day and a lot of that. And it's kind of a similar way I felt about even Breath of the Wild. You know, Breath of the Wild is a gorgeous game and the art style is great. And during the day, you're running through the fields and just the way like the sunlight is hitting the grass, it looks great. Then there's other times where you're at nighttime and, you know, the you're on a patch of dirt and the dirt just looks brown and it's not like textured or anything. Um, So there's like examples in that, but for the most part, this game, it looks, it does look like a very old game. Um, But I'm not sure whether that's sort of game freaks, uh, you know, fault necessarily, or just the, the hardware they're working on being the switch. I think it's a mixture of both. Honestly, I think a different developer, such as you know, such as the the Zelda team or even the Mario team. Like you know, those games look amazing. But I think Game Freak's sort of uh, biggest problem would be just maybe their engine. And it kind of reminds me of um, Telltale Games. If you guys remember the Telltale Games, they actually went out of business, but uh, they were responsible for the Walking Dead games and a, f- a few games like that. Oh, oh, Batman, the Batman Telltale games. They were a lot of fun. Oh, I only, I only played season one, but really enjoyed it nevertheless. But you know, that team eventually went went out of business and you can sort of see sort of with Revisionist history that, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, it's a big, big success, but the game engine's a bit dodgy, you know. It's sort of like it's a bit stuttery and some of their games actually hard crashed on me um, a fair few times. Um, I, think, uh, I think it was Batman Episode 4, like crashed on me like three times. I'm just trying to get through it without a crash. And you can sort of just see that, you know, they're trying to get... Uh, get these games out, but they got no money or time to sort of work on their engine and just get their technical know-how just sorted out before they move on to the next project. And just looking at the Pokemon series, I can sort of see that happening here. Moving from um, uh, Sun and Moon, then sort of just moving that over to Switch, you can see that it's very much the same engine and the games look very similar. Just, uh, you know, the models and everything looking just that much more crisper and, you know, more nice. Whereas this engine is an evolution of that as well, which they had in the wild, uh, the wild area in *Sword and Shield*. But you know, it's a lot more robust. There's a lot more going on. Obviously, you got dodge mechanics and action mechanics and stuff like that going on. But it's a, uh, you know, a lot sort of, a lot sort of similar. And I'd like to see Game Freak maybe just take a take take a bit of time, get some really technical know-how into their team, and just really work out the engine and uh, all that. But Honestly, like a lot of the complaints, you can just look look at the footage of the game and be like, all right, it is, it is you know, it doesn't look like a 2022 game, whether you're talking about Switch or um, any other platform, it does look dated. But I got to admit, guys, when I was actually playing the game, it didn't take away from my experience. Now, I've listened to some other people and they have sort of mentioned that it, it does take them out of the experience. And maybe I'm just a bit more forgiving because I'm a big Pokemon fan or maybe I've played a few too many games on Switch. But uh, you know, <laughs> don't don't look like your latest PlayStation Five title necessarily. But it didn't take me out, and the reason that is is because there's no, from my experience. So I can't talk about everyone's experience, but in my experience, there's no frame rate drops when like the action's on screen when I'm chasing down a Pokemon. The frame rate drops aren't there for your main character. Now, if you look in the distance, you'll see like you know there's a Gyarados, um, say like he's in the distance, and you can see him. He's moving at two frames a second. And personally, that doesn't bother me. It bothers maybe like the first time I'm like, ha, look, oh, wow, it's a Gyarados. That's really exciting. But also in the back of your mind, like then the next second you're thinking, hmm, he's moving two frames a second. Oh, well, then you run towards him and, and you try and do your thing, try and catch him. So it didn't take me out too much. Like the actual performance of your character and the Pokemon models and everything is where it needs to be. And that's what I was worried about because in Sword and Shield, if you turn on online... For some reason, it just kills the game. It goes half half the frame rate. And quite honestly, a lot of the time, if I really don't need it, I would have the online off because it was just, it was kind of unbearable. It sort of hurts my eyes. Anything under like an inconsistent frame rate just uh, completely kills my eyes. So I was glad to see that. It was at least running at a locked God knows what. I'm not a frame rate counter necessarily, um, but I couldn't see anything that, really turn me off now I've got it I also got to say that I do mainly play in handheld mode um, so take it with a grain of salt when I was playing where I'm sitting now actually uh, with my computer monitor you know it was a lot more evident just being right up to a close screen so it depends on how you play maybe this maybe you want to play this game in handheld mode just uh, so it's not as big um, and if you have an OLED as well it's absolutely gorgeous on the OLED just like every game is to be honest <laughs> it's a really nice screen but um, yeah, so I think that is like the main sort of gripe of this game. Uh, it's just like just the overall presentation of the graphics and like maybe like how some Pokemon are animated in the, uh, in the distance. But for the most part, it does uh, hold up pretty well. Like if I'm flying across the land and I'm looking for a particular item or Pokemon on the ground, uh, it's not going to pop, pop up right in front of my face like, you know, like some Pokemon did in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, like if I'm looking for a piece of wood, I'll be able to see a piece of wood in the distance. Like they'll make sure to display the information that you need when you're exploring this world. So I guess uh, that's the technical stuff, um, the boring side of things. Let's talk about the actual game itself. So the game is uh, basically you, you are, your base is in Jubilife Village. You're with the team, uh, Team Galaxy. Um, Galactic Exploration Team or <laughs> whatever they were called. And then you venture out to five different areas to either progress the story or do side quests or just look for particular Pokemon. So it's not an open world game. We did know that from, uh, I think, pr- previous leaks. But um, you are venturing out from the one central place of these different areas. And these... Areas are very different in their sort of biomes or whatever the, the key word is for uh, just the environments uh, these days. You know, the first area very much just like a grassland and then the second area very much like a, you know, you've got like a marsh area as well as like forest and all this and then you go into like a, a more cliff-like area, then a beach area and, you know, and then a snow area, stuff like that. You know, you, you sort of uh, typical areas you would expect. Um, so a lot of diversity in the uh, environments, the Pokemon you find there. And the story beats when you go to each place. And I think uh, these areas are really, really fun to explore. I've, I had a lot of fun just, you know, going around, seeing what Pokemon were where. Uh, when I first started off, man, like I was just like giddy. I was, I could not wait to go out. And, uh, you know, it, like any RPG, you know, you get talked to, you get uh, explained, introduced to characters and blah, 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 text, 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 text. And I just wanted to get started. So, as far as like a Breath of the Wild comparison, you know, Breath of the Wild, you're very much just like Link, wake up and you go out and you start. You're like I'm shirtless and I'm off. I don't need to know who Zelda is or this king guy is. I just want to go and explore the Great Plateau. Where's this? You know, they're like, you know, this is in, this is the professor. This is the leader. You know, you get all that stuff. But once you're out, you know, you get you get a little bit of exploration before you um before <laughs> before you really do set off. You get a bit of tutorial. We get shown how to throw balls and all that. And I think even big Pokemon fans will appreciate that because like even with me, like uh, getting through some of the menus, like every button does something. Whereas in Sword and Shield, you know, you got A, B, you got, <laughs> you got uh, yeah A, B, and um, your menu, you run around. But this this game, you know, your triggers, your bumpers, they do everything. The D-pad, there is no button sort of left untouched. So you're yeah, like, like, all right, how do I get to my menus? And the menus are a little bit clunky, uh, clunky, like pressing up on the D-pad to get into like your inventory, your Pokemon um, stats and all of that. You know, like sometimes I have to like, uh, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, so do that. Then you go like the right trigger to go across the save and your settings and all that. Like it, it takes a little bit to get used to. So the uh, you know, tutorial is necessary, I feel like, in this game, just being shown, all right, you know, throw a ball at these three monsters and uh, get into it. So I really, really, um, you know, appreciate that. But once all that crap was out of the way, I was off on my Pokemon adventure, and I, 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 got Breath of the Wild vibe straight away. And I hate to compare it to that, but I really did feel like that. Like I went around the corner, and there was that Alpha a Luxio, um, just right there. I'm like, oh, well, I'll try and catch it. So I'd throw throw a Pokeball at it, burst out straight away, and I'm like, oh, right, I'll battle it. And I started off with Oshawott, Oshawott, best starter. Don't at me. Um, and, you know, it's level 40 and I've got a level 10 water type against an electric type. So I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm just like here at, it would have been like, oh, you know, one o'clock in the morning uh, when Chantel's was trying to sleep. I'm like, oh, God, I'm like screaming, running running away from this Luxio. And, uh, you know, and very much a similar experience from Breath of the Wild. You know, I'll go I'll go around the corner and there's you know, like a, a camp of uh, uh, bok goblins. And... I'm like, oh, God, I cannot, you know, beat these things. And I, I run away just in my shorts try and find some, um, you know, hearts or whatever. Uh, not that I'm finding hearts in the in the grass in Breath of the Wild. You know, it's a hardcore RPG, bloody Breath of the Wild. But, yeah, very, very much similar vibes. And, you know, going around the game, you know, it kind of continues. Like, you know, every time you find a Pokemon, whether it's an alpha Pokemon or just like a rare spawn you're looking for, it's really exciting. It re- it really is, and uh, as you progress through the game and get more Pokemon rides, and you're able to sort of traverse the game a lot more freely, uh, you know the game continues to open up. These areas continue to open up, and it's something that I really really enjoyed. Like no spoilers, but you do get the uh, you get the ability to just you know get around the the uh, the, the the wild areas just um, faster on on the back of a Pokemon. You get the ability to fly. You get the ability to uh, climb uh, cliffs and stuff, much like you'll climb anything in Breath of the Wild. Um, but you're able to do this sort of a lot more quickly. Like the uh, uh, well, these are in the trailers. Like you get, you get access to Hisuian bravery who, you know, is your flyer Pokemon. And when you, when you activate it, you just go whoosh. You go straight up in the air and you start gliding down. And that allows you to have like a lot of verticality in the world as well. Um, so, you know, uh, in Breath of the Wild, you might have to climb to a mountain, up top of a mountain, then jump off of it and glide down and see what you can find doing that. Unless you want to like light a fire, you can use the hot air to project yourself up as well. You can play with like the elements like that. But with this, you're able to just, you know, go up and use the ability to go up a cliff and it's all very fun. Just getting around the world is fun. So they nailed that. And just like even like the dodge roll, when I first saw it in the trailer, like just, uh, You know, (laughs) seeing it paused on the dodge roll screen when the character's doing a somersault, sort of like it looks clunky and I was expecting this game to feel a lot worse than it ended up. It feels great. It feels great to play. It's a lot of fun. Just, uh, you know, feeling just like, you know, dodging attacks uh, and getting close to a Pokemon. You got different Pokeballs that you're able to utilize to catch Pokemon as well. You got like just your normal Pokeballs, Great Balls, Ultra Balls. That uh, you just throw normally. Then you've got like feather balls, wing balls, and all that. Where you're able to throw very far, so they're they're extremely useful. If you're you know if a Pokemon's a bit skittish, and you don't want to scare it away, you can throw a ball from a long uh, way away and catch it that way. And then like heavy balls, which are extremely satisfying when you land them. So you can you can't throw them very far because they're heavy, but um, they've got a better catch rate if you're actually able to get them in the back of a Pokemon. And just the sound it makes when you sneak up onto a Pokemon and you throw, say you throw a berry, it's eating a berry, you get a heavy ball in the back. It just makes this boosh sound. It's so satisfying. Like the sound design and the music is really great in this game. Um, you know, if there's one thing I expect and that I would not be let down on in a Pokemon game is the music. The music is great. And like the battle music as you're going throughout the various, whether it's a wild battle, the alpha Pokemon, um, you know, look, the, uh, was it the, not the Royal Pokemon, you know, the, the boss Pokemon and even various trainers throughout the game. It is, uh, it's just great music. So there's, there's no sort of uh, thinking about it in that respect, but um, I guess a, another sort of a uh, little bit of a negative in some ways, and this didn't affect me most of the game, but in some aspects it did was the new battle system. So the new battle system, um, you know, they've gotten rid of, they've got, in this game, it does not include uh, a bit Pokemon abilities, um, the uh, use of held items on your Pokemon. So that gets rid of like a lot of the sort of competitive sort of gameplay in the game, which is fine. You know, this is, this is very much from the very start, a single player only Pokemon game, which I was very excited for. And I think is awesome, but it does get rid of some of the strategy that you can utilize in a, say another Pokemon game, Um, even brilliant diamond shining Pearl, You could do that. Um, And, The battle mechanic as well, like um, agile style and uh, agile? What am I thinking? Agile and, oh, I completely forgot it. Hmm. Agile and strong style. Yeah, that's right. Agile and strong style. I think that's interesting at first. Like, when you're, like, most of the game, you're just versing wild Pokemon or what have you. So it's not so much. Like, you're basically like, all right, I'm just going to destroy this thing. So bam, strong style on this move. And bang, you're dead. But uh, some of the trainer battles, I got to say, um, you know, it's sort of, it sort of makes it a little bit more frustrating because how the game works is the speed stat seems a lot more important in this game than it has in the past. So, like, there was a Pokemon battle, which I won't say which one, but in this game I've had the toughest battle I've had in any Pokemon game ever, which I really enjoyed, actually. I got to it and it beat me. And it beat me a few times. I'm like, all right, I'm, gonna have, to go, I'm gonna, gonna have to go away and train for this because it is, it is beating me. I went back, I came back, and I was finding it a bit, a bit easier. But I'm like, this is still hard. It's still, it's still beating me. So um, I ended up beating it. And I'm like, all right, awesome. And you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that I had a battle that's, uh, that actually made me work for it because that's been a long time. That I've actually had a Pokemon battle be hard in this in the Pokemon game series. And it's been it's been that long that I've had a that there's been like a really hard, I guess, boss battle in the game where I'm like, it makes me feel makes me feel kind of dumb. I'm like, man, how, <laughs> am I struggling in a Pokemon game? They've all been so easy, but you know, this game picks it up a little bit. It's not like a hard game necessarily, but it's just like a, at a nice level where you're not just, you know. Just clicking A throughout the whole game, and that's what I've been doing through a lot of Pokemon games, um, except for Cynthia in Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. But you know, we all know her Garchomp can be a a bit of a bit of a cheeky bastard, that Garchomp. So yeah, I'm not too not too fast on the new um, battle system, but I don't hate it necessarily either. And for the most part of the game, it's not such a big deal. It's just when it's like, all right, let's have a real let's have an actual battle that's when it becomes kind of frustrating because like, for example, I'll send out a Pokemon that is super effective against theirs. I'll one hit it. And then they're able to send out their other Pokemon, which they send out a Pokemon that's super effective against mine. Then they attack straight away, knock out mine. I'll send out one, which is super effective against theirs, knock out theirs. You know, it's just like, there's no time to sort of like react to their decision. It's very much just like, all right, so you've got a water type out. Here's my electric type, bam, you're dead. Alright, you've got an electric type out. Here's my ground type. Bam, you're dead. Alright. <laughs> you've got a ground type. Here's my water type. Alright, you're dead. Like it sort of, it sort of just works like that. I'm like, alright, I'm not so keen on this. Like, I think the 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 decision needs to be made whether that person switches, or whether they make a make a sort of punt on their speed stat, stat or whether they have an answer, like a a priority move, like Aqua jet or quick attack, something like that, that might be able to um, do some damage. Like, you know, it sort of takes out that side of things, but not, not such a big deal. I know a lot of you guys won't give a shit. Um. <laughs> so yeah, for the most part, I didn't, I did enjoy the battle system and uh, the story. I think the story was uh, quite sweet. Um, you know, spoilers for like the very first cutscene. The very first cutscene. We didn't know this in trailers, but you know, this this is about going. This is about you know, the Hissui region, the region, or what it was called before. It was the Sinnoh region that was introduced in um, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and we're all sort of like, why have they got a you know a smartphone? Why? Have, <laughs> what's going on here? And it turns out it's because it's the original player character from Diamond and Pearl, going pretty much back in time through an opened um, portal back to Husui, back, back, you know, a couple of century in the past, which is really cool. Um, You know, and uh, the story for the most part, we get access to awesome characters and um, just like interesting dialogue about the origins of the legendary Pokemon and the land itself, seeing references to older Pokemon games, uh, whether it's in the missions or the story itself, or maybe even just the area names like and like some areas you're in, you're like you're in a forest, and then you hear familiar music, and you know exactly where it is in Diamond and Pearl if you're a big Pokemon fan. So yeah, just uh, sort of an excellent story. And by the end of it, you know, I've by the end you finish the main story, you roll credits, and then you've got a nice juicy sort of uh, post game to get into, which uh, sort of wraps up some some questions you might still have. And it's just uh, yeah, just a. Just a great story. So I think, uh, you know, looking at the reviews and that, when the reviews came out, it's been getting pretty high praise. It got an 84 on Metacritic. And honestly, I think that's a great place for it to sit. I think um, they nailed the feeling of being, you know, a Pokemon trainer out in the wilderness. It feels good to play. It feels good to move the character around. Uh, you know, a good access to a nice amount of Pokemon. You yeah, know, I think it's like 240-something uh, Pokemon in the Pokedex, which, uh, of course, if you're playing, you know, a traditional Pokemon game. That's not so much. You know, we had, we had 400 and uh, sword and shield and we had, oh, I think it went up to 600 with the two DLCs. So, you know, a lot more Pokemon in them, but just uh how this game works, where you need to catch and train multiple Pokemon to actually fill out the Pokedex. There's a lot more involved in completing this Pokedex. You got to do certain tasks and that involves, you know, catching a certain amount, uh, seeing a certain amount of moves and, you know, just, uh, just do little little kind of side quests with each Pokemon, which really gets you to use them and utilize them in your team uh, a lot more potentially. So, yeah, that's plenty of Pokemon as far as, you know, the amount of work they make you do for each one, which uh, I'm having fun going through, actually. I've, I think it's a lot of fun. I uh, I quite enjoy, uh, enjoy the mechanic of, say, Pokemon Go, where, you know, if you see a Pikachu and you catch it, you're like, oh, you're not like in the mainline games where you're like, "Oh, cool! There's a Pikachu. I got it. Cool. Added to my Pokedex in the PC. Cool. Whatever." But you know, in Pokemon Go, you're like, oh, "I've got to catch a certain amount, so I get the candies. I can evolve it, or I can level it up, or I can get a new move." And you know, you got to keep catching, keep catching, keep catching. And this game really, really does sort of uh, indulge that sort of side of me where it's like, "All right, there's a there's a swarm of uh, Starly." I'm gonna catch every single one of them because I can, <laughs> and you can do it in like record time as well. So yeah, really, really love this game. We're gonna be talking about it a bit more on the encore at the House of Mario, which is actually sort of a sort of a podcast bit like this. I it's my own solo podcast where I talk about um, topics revolving around Nintendo games and obviously stuff like that. It's very much like this, but this is a bit more evergreen. Um, the last few episodes I've been doing, which have all been about Pokemon covering every Pokemon game and going over some, some of my favorite music and, you know, just random stuff over the last year. So if you like to go and check that out, I'll leave a link in the show notes for that. And we'll I'll talk about, about it a bit more in depth on that show, even though we're over half an hour into this buddy podcast, which I didn't expect. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love this game. Absolutely love it. I think it's a fantastic technical side aside. I think it's uh, just a really great game. It'll be interesting to see, like, if this game looked like a 2021 game and uh, the draw distance was a little bit better and, you know, uh, textures loaded in um, as you'd like them to, (laughs) how would people react to it? Would it be a a 90 Metacritic score, you know? Would it be much better? Not sure, not sure. But it's definitely the right path for, I think, uh, at least a bit of the Pokemon series to go on. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit later at the end of the show when I talk about where I'd like to see the Pokemon series go from here. All right, guys. Uh, I think that brings us to the news. So let's jump into that. <laughs> Woohoo!
1: Yeah! Bika, bika! Is that all? all Hi. Right. Hi.
0: Alright guys, if you're not a big Pokemon fan, I'm sorry about that. But we are talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus uh, UK chart sales. Very exciting stuff. We're not going to be talking about it too long. But just a little bit of of intrigue. You know, how are these Pokemon games going to previous Pokemon games? Especially since there's only one version. God forbid. Game Freak. Just sell us one game. God. What a... What a concept that is. All right, so this is from uh, Nintendo Life and the article reads, Pokemon Legends Arceus stormed into the UK charts last week, claiming the top spot and accounting for almost half of all box games sold in the country over the past week. Arriving just two months after Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Arceus comfortably outsold those titles and is the fourth biggest Pokemon game launch... uh, Pokemon UK game launch of all time. It's also the best-selling Pokemon game where there's just a single version rather than two. The previous holder of the record was Pokemon Yellow, uh, which saw release on the Game Boy way back in 2000. Pokemon Yellow come out in 2000. There you go. I was a little boy then. Uh, (laughs) What makes it even more incredible is it's based solely on physical copies sold. This does not include digital purchases. And let's be honest, guys. Digital purchases—it would account for a lot of them <laughs> with the pandemic and just the way people sort of uh, indulge in video games these days. I bought it digitally because I did not want to go to the shops. Anyway, um, just for interest, uh, Christopher Dring actually lists this out on his Twitter account, and he um, just uh, lists the biggest Pokemon UK launches, and it's it's a little bit down. It's at number four, like I mentioned. It's actually kind of interesting how it goes. So number one is Pokemon's uh, Sun and Moon. Number two is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Number three is Pokemon Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. But number four is Legends Arceus. Number five, which I was surprised but happy to see, is Pokemon Black and White. Let's go, Black and White. Uh, number six was uh, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. Number seven, X and Y. Number eight, let's go, Pikachu and Eevee. Number nine, Pokemon Yellow, and number ten, all the way down here. What are you people in the UK doing, you dogs? Uh heart, gold soul silver. That should be that should be number three, guys. Let's be honest. How's heart gold soul silver down there? Isn't gold and silver like so popular? I don't know. But uh hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Heart gold soul silver is like that is gotta be like one of the best games in the series. It's definitely top three. Anyway, don't know with Legends ask Arceus out now that that might be at the top don't know anyway, it's selling very well I hope it I, I do hope this game continues to sell well because I would like to see game Freak get rewarded for actually being ambitious you know yeah, I know some people are like ambitious and they look at it and go, oh you know they're kind of just bringing the series to where it might be needed I don't know but you know I, I'm happy game Freak's like all right let's uh, let's make the game people are like kind of clamoring for and I think they made it. I think they really did make it guys. This is awesome. Please go out and uh, buy it if you're even a little bit interested. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy just the exploration and catching cool Pokemon and getting through the story to be honest. So yeah, awesome stuff. Congratulations in the UK. Can not see how it goes in the US and sort of worldwide market? All right. Number two, uh, MLB The Show 2020 is coming, or 2022, is coming to Nintendo Switch in April. And this is, uh, you know, I'm not a baseball fan whatsoever. Uh, I think it's cool. I would like to get into baseball kind of. Um, I did kind of try last year. But uh, the show is a a PlayStation title actually made by uh, Santa, not Santa Monica. Um, Who are they called again? (laughs) Oh, no, I forgot. Anyway, um, let me see if I can zoom up here. No, I can't. (laughs) I actually can't. It's just completely lost my mind when I'm trying to talk here on a podcast. But anyway, that's coming to Nintendo Switch. And this was a big thing because, you know, a PlayStation first party game. And uh, it came to Xbox last year. And not only did it come to Xbox, it came to Xbox Game Pass, which is actually how I got to play the game for the first time. And, you know, it's not necessarily my thing. I sort of booted it up and... I'm like, yeah, i like to give baseball a go. Like, you know, baseball's kind of it's kind of it's not a thing here in Australia where I live. Like, you know, there's a league in that here, but as far as like watching it on TV and that, you know, it's it's kind of a niche thing I would have to get into. And I'm not a sports guy anyway, as much as I would like to be. Um, I'm just not. But anyway, it's it's a big thing that this is coming to Switch because they did say it was coming to Switch, but it just ended up coming to uh Xbox and I think PC. But um yeah, it's cool to see how it will run on Switch. And uh, just uh, it's a big thing if you're a big baseball a baseball fan and it's cool if you're, um you know, kind of uh, interested in the industry and you're watching a PlayStation first-party title come to the Switch. It's really annoying me, but I've, oh, uh, San Diego. Okay, I just completely forgot the name of uh, the city. So San Diego Studio is making this. Or I could think of Santa Monica, which is another first-party PlayStation studio. But they make God of War, not baseball. They make... God of war. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so this is a little bit of an interesting sort of story as well. And I just brought it up to discuss something else. But actually, I'd like to talk about Nintendo as well, which is <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird way to put it when I'm talking <laughs> on a Nintendo podcast. But you know what I'm on about anyway when I get to it. So uh, this is from My Nintendo News. And they say, Nintendo took down 1,300 uploads of Galus uh, Sunner's video game soundtracks from youtube so everyone's favorite video game music uploader uh galva sunner has tweeted that nintendo has taken down 1300 uploads of his high quality nintendo game soundtrack uploads from youtube it should be noted that galva sunner wasn't mentioned or wasn't monetizing nintendo soundtracks which which he uploaded to youtube he wasn't he was simply catering to fan demand Uh, It should also be noted, that Nintendo doesn't upload its own video game soundtracks for users to listen to, unlike other video gaming software companies. And he sort of just goes over just some of the soundtracks that (laughs) Nintendo came and blocked. A lot of the Legend of Zelda games, the Super Smash Brothers series, the Mario series, Kid Icarus, Kirby, you know, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of soundtracks that were blocked. And, you know, this is... This is no surprise. Nintendo comes in and they protect their intellectual property like it's uh, like it's a livelihood because it is. <laughs> it really is. Without that, if if uh, if if uh, the Mario name or Zelda name, Pokemon name, etc. 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 is damaged in any way possible, any way. And then, you know, it makes people, parents go, oh, look, I don't trust that because I saw a video on YouTube where Mario had a knife and I don't want to be showing that to my kids. You know, that's where the brand sort of starts going downhill. So I understand why Nintendo very serious when it comes to fan-made games or the soundtracks being uploaded without their consent and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it is disappointing when like a fan comes out and is like, look, I did a wicked remake of the, the original Metroid. <laughs> it's sick. You should play it. And they're like, no, no, mate, you can't do that. Oh. And, you know, in some ways it's like, well, Nintendo, why don't you do it? Why don't you localize Mother 3? Why don't you do all these things? And, uh, you know, this is very much the, how I feel with this because I love Nintendo music. I can't access it without, you know, going on YouTube or, you know, doing a torrent, you know? I've I've torrented a lot of Nintendo soundtracks, and, you know, it's, it's all well and good with Mario Galaxy 2. I uh, You know, you got the soundtrack with that game. That was cool. You got it on a CD. You could rip it to your PC and you could rename every every song <laughs> in a WAV file or whatever you do. Uh, I got, like, the Super Smash Brothers um, uh, for 3DS and Wii U soundtrack from Club Nintendo. That was cool. And, you know, there's some ways you could get it on um, on your disc, uh, Breath of the Wild Limited Edition came with uh, came with the soundtrack. You know they give out the soundtracks on a on a CD, but you know like Final Fantasy, like with Square Enix, they they go and put like every Final Fantasy soundtrack on Apple Music and Spotify, and a lot of these you know a lot of these companies do because why not? It's free money. Like if you if you just put some of these sound if you put like half of your soundtracks on Spotify and Apple Music, that is just revenue that's coming in for doing nothing, just having your soundtracks up, which, uh, you know, it's frustrating that Nintendo doesn't do this because we'll be happy to like, you know, if if Nintendo made, uh, you know, if you could follow them on Apple Music or Spotify, you would. I would. And you get, you're just like, you know, you're uh, sitting down, you're playing a game, you got the Super Smash Brothers soundtrack playing in the background. Maybe you want something a bit more mellow, so you put on some, you know, <laughs> mellow Kirby music. I don't know what's going on in your house uh yeah no idea but i I think it's a missed opportunity i don't know why they haven't just put them legitimately up on streaming services even their own youtube channel like you know just do some stuff (laughs) do some stuff nintendo i don't know it it frustrates me because if i want to listen to it like what are you going to do? boot up the game and turn down the sound effects and just leave your character sitting in hyrule field to get the (laughs) hyrule field music like it's just uh just annoying and like, say, Nintendo cracks down on this. It's like, oh, well, it's well and good. Get uh, Galva Sunner. Get him out of the picture. Bloody ban him. Get him off YouTube. Bloody block his account. I don't know. But when they've got no alternative, that's, uh, that's, when, that's what annoys me. It's very much just like the music industry in general. People are, you know, stealing music. What's your rebuttal? All right, Spotify came around and these uh, you know streaming services became a thing. People stopped pirating because there was a, a great alternative for people to turn to. very convenient, pretty cheap, very uh, very easy and accessible. And I think uh, you know on a, very, on a lesser scale, Nintendo needs to do the same thing, just like all right, so people are listening to our music. They'll, they'll be able to see just from the views. Um, how much that happens. So that should just trigger something in their head, be like, oh, we really need to get some of this stuff on Spotify because we just want to be anywhere and everywhere, pretty much, just where we need to be to get into people's ears. So doing like a big Mario movie, why, why not put that stuff on Spotify? Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. So this, <laughs> this is a, a bit of a funny one. This is a story about the Mario movie and a bit of insight about how it might be getting made. So, from my Nintendo news, uh, Luigi voice actor Charlie Day says he knows nothing about Illumination's untitled Mario film. It's been almost four years since Nintendo first announced the new Mario Bros movie to be in production with Illumination Studios, the Universal Pictures division known for the hit animated films such as Despicable Me, Sing, and The Life of Pets. When the voice cast was revealed during a Nintendo Direct presentation in September of last year, the internet collectively lost their minds. Uh, Charlie Day, who is in uh, always sunny uh, Philadelphia and horrible bosses, was amongst these big unexpected celebrity names as he set to be playing the role of Mario's brother, Luigi. On a recent episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live, he said, Now, I'm going to leave it there. We've got a quote here, but I'm actually going going to just play it straight from his mouth. And uh, we'll discuss from there.
1: Well, the man on the street. Aren't you doing the Super Mario Brothers movie right yes, now? Yes, I am. Okay, yes, and yes, you're I playing am. Luigi. I'm playing Luigi. Luigi, yeah. yeah. In fact, I just was recording that this morning. And uh, I'd love to tell you all about it, but they, they are top secret with this stuff. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. This is serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, these are, these are Nintendo So versions. have you read through the whole script? I know nothing. For real. I know nothing. I show up and they're like, you say this and you say that. And it's all very funny and good. And then I, I walk out and I, there's like two guys in overalls with like hammers that are like, don't you tell nobody nothing about this, Charlie. I swear to God, we're going to get your kneecaps, we're going to break but you're, like, you're Luigi. You are one of the brothers. Like, you have, they won't tell you? That's insulting. You know, insulting. Mario's probably in the know, but they don't <laughs> they don't tell Luigi anything. Do you guys recorded together, like in this. Chris Pratt is, um, is Mario, yes, right? Yes, uh, we do not. We uh, don't? No, we go in one at a time. And, wow. Yeah. They split you up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just don't trust me around Pratt. I don't yeah. know. I don't know or maybe they're trick, maybe this is all a trick, and like you're in a, you're doing voiceover with like, Uh, like uh, Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby, or something like that. And they're going to reveal this to you on the poster. I would, (laughs) first of all, I would not be surprised. Secondly, I I don't even know if I'm really in the movies. You know what I mean? And I feel that way about every movie. It's about about when I get like five weeks in. Actually, it's when it wraps and it's going to the theater that I'm like, I'm in the movie. (laughs) They They didn't cut me out. Have you been cut out of a lot of movies?
0: I've been cut out of one movie. All right, so it's just uh, it's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know much about uh, you know voice acting in a movie. Obviously, I've never been one, but uh, it's it's just kind of interesting that like if you're voice acting such a charismatic sort of uh, I guess character, such as what you could maybe expect Luigi to be in this, whether is just well, maybe not charismatic, but just like shows lots of emotion. He's probably going to be like the bumbling, scared. person you know, a comedic relief that you might expect the Luigi to be, maybe similar to how he's portrayed in Luigi's Mansion or something. But just like the idea of going to a sound booth and not actually <laughs> being able to sort of uh, play off the other actors, that'd be kind of weird. And just to literally go in and be like, I know nothing about the story or whatever, just to go in there, like, read these lines and uh, cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know nothing about it. <laughs> Uh, essentially so a bit of insight about the movie obviously the movie comes out December this year so uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun sort of watching that seeing how the sort of first Nintendo adapt uh, silver screen adaption turns out apart from I guess Pokemon but you know Pokemon's been doing it for a, a long time but seeing Mario animated <laughs> voiced <laughs> is gonna be uh, kind of a surreal experience but uh, we've got a year until that happens anyway so cool <laughs> All right, so next up is uh about Kit Kit Ellis who uh, left Nintendo of America. So Kit Ellis is uh he was a part of the Nintendo Minute of um that was on Nintendo's YouTube channel. So uh this is all this is also from uh, my Nintendo my Nintendo uh you know you'd, you've got the news this month apparently. Well, it will do. Um anyway, uh Kit Ellis left, left Nintendo uh Nintendo Minute uh Nintendo Minute presenter Kit Ellis has joined his fellow presenter Krista Yang in leaving Nintendo of America. The duo were famous for their fun and for their fun and games, fun and games on the weekly episodes of Nintendo Minute, which were broadcast on a Friday on YouTube, which has since been canned. Uh, Kit had been with Nintendo of America for thirteen years, and he's uh, both sad and excited about what's next. You can view his f- f- farewell tweets from Nintendo of America down below. Uh, "Quote: Today is my thirteenth year anniversary of uh, starting at Nintendo. It's also my last day at Nintendo. I'm fortunate to have been a small part of this incredible company over these years. It was a lifetime full of unforgettable moments and people. Thirteen years is a long time, and I'm excited to experience uh, exp- excited to experience the surprises." and fun with fresh eyes alongside all of you. I'm also grateful for the chance to reflect on this time and think about what I'd like to do next. Thanks to everyone for your support. It's meant everything to me. End quote. So yeah, it is it is sad that, you know, Nintendo Minute has finished on Nintendo's YouTube channel. Now, i got to say that I didn't watch it all the time. And, you know, sometimes it did come across to me as just like, ha-ha, this this is, uh, you know, amazing, amazing. We are a part of Nintendo. We can't say anything negative, ha-ha-ha. You know, it, it came across like that. But I think these guys, like, did genuinely love, you know, their job. They loved talking to Nintendo. They loved, you know, the chemistry together was, you know, a lot of fun. And they had just had a lot of positive vibes. And I think, you know, they were great hosts for what Nintendo wanted on their YouTube channel. And I guess, you know, when Nintendo's looking at, Maybe how the the product is performing on their channel, or um what have you. they said, you know it's time to wrap this up. i, I don't I don't know. They could not, as far as I know, the producer could have just like you know could have left and they couldn't be bothered filling in the in the role again, So they just finished. I got no i I, I don't know why, but it is going to be missed. i um some of my more favorite moments were sort of like when a new product came out. So like when the switch first, uh, well, what, before it came out, they did like an unboxing. They probably were like the first to unbox it because they are Nintendo. They got access to their own console in a box, surprisingly. So just like stuff like that. I like seeing like the first looks at things. And uh, I think they just had like like just a really nice positive vibe and it will be missed because now we are seeing just the removal of personalities from Nintendo, whether it is, you know, Nintendo Directs, you know, since, you know, Reggie and obviously... <laughs> Uh, a long time now, but Awada with his passing, you know, we've seen these roles not really get filled as far as personalities within their, I guess, their marketing <laughs> department. So like Nintendo Directs is very much just like, here's the game, this is what it looks like. And that's great to some extent. It is to the point. It is what we're after at the end of the day, just um, just what the game looks like, what what to expect and uh, when we can get more information in a Nintendo Direct. But just like the removal of personalities, like now these two are gone, the YouTube channel is now just directs every, at best, every quarter or every every six months and video game trailers. Like there really isn't much personality to come around apart from Treehouse at E3. Like it is um, a little bit concerning just from a, just from a consumer who's interested in, you know, who likes their information delivered by personalities. But it is what it is. It looks like a lot of these companies are just moving that way. Sony has moved that way. They've just completely removed any of their uh, sort of personalities where it was like, you know, Shuhei Yoshida, um, who was president of, um, well, not president, but like leader of their first party studios. Not anymore. It's Herman Holst, But, you know, Herman Holst is kind of like um, Doug Bowser in some ways. You know, he says something when it needs to be said, but he doesn't get on camera necessarily, the crack jokes or whatever. Um, But it's just what it is. You just have to if you want more personality personality driven content, you just have to tune into podcasts like such as The House of Mario or any other great gaming podcasts out there. It's just what you have to do you have to keep coming back yours. yes you just have to keep coming back. But anyway, it is uh, just something to keep in mind when you're checking out Nintendo trailers. All right. that brings us to the uh, end of the news, but well, looks like guys, I, I didn't bring up too much. I know, know that I had to sort of uh, talk about it by myself this week. So it is what it is. I hope you enjoyed it. So we we haven't finished just yet, guys. Um, After that bit of a break when I put on the Charlie Day thing, I got thrown off track a little bit. Had a bit of a drink, which was good. Used that opportunity to have a drink. My throat is uh, kind of hurting, got to be honest. But anyway, we've got a bit more to discuss here. So let's go through the red coin releases this week before we get into where I hope the Pokemon series will go from here and how sort of certain teams will be delegated to tackle different types of games. Where's my button? (laughs) I haven't been here for a long time, guys. I've forgotten where the buttons are. Oh, there it is. All right, so the first game is something we've talked about a lot, but I could not include it in this section. We've got Pokemon Legends Arceus. Catch, survey and research wild Pokemon to create and complete Sinnoh's first Pokedex in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Pokemon Legends Arceus honors past Pokemon games' cool gameplay while infusing new action and RPG elements. You'll be brought into the Sinnoh region. No, you won't. No, you won't. You're not in the Sinnoh yet, get, mate. It's not Sinnoh. Uh, the setting of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, but in this story, uh, unfolds in a year-gone era. For ideas such as being a Pokemon trainer or having a Pokemon League even existed, all around you'll find Pokemon living in wild, harsh environments that make for a sinew unlike uh, the region you may remember from the days of Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl. So you can get this game for 80 bucks on the eShop and uh, you should. It's a good game. It's a good release. Next up is a game you might not have heard of, but I actually played it last year. On Xbox Game Pass, but now it has reached Switch and I believe PlayStation as well. So pick it up there. Uh, this this is one of my games of the year last year, guys. And uh, last episode, <laughs> I wanted to mention it, but I could not remember the name. I just had stage fright. You guys scare the shit out of me. I'm joking. You don't really. Uh, so this game is the Awful Escape, and the Awful Escape is a game. Well. Yeah, it reads here. Uh, a teenager guitar prodigy sets out on a psychedelic journey to inspire his stage persona. And it goes on to say On the eve of his first performance, Francis Vendetti struggles with a legacy of a dead folk legend, and the cosmic wanderings of his own imagination. In an attempt to escape the mu- musical legacy of his uncle, a teenager guitar prodigy embarks on his psychedelic journey to inspire his new stage persona, searching f- for who he isn't in an adventure spanning a stolen... Oh, the, the word split up here. It throws me off a bit. <laughs> uh, op- opera houses. Op- spanning swollen opera houses. Stolen opera houses. Majalic alien landscapes and the impossible depths of the cosmic extraordinary. So yeah, so just, just before I get into the talk about the game itself, for some reason on the eShop, it like it the line starts again and the words like split up and it just it just splits my brain in two when the words split up like that. So I'm sorry if I just threw you off while reading that. But yes guys, this is a fantastic game and it's very much a visual and audio experience. It it does sort of look like a... It's kind of more like an action... Not an action game. Uh, a platformer sort of walking simulator. And I know that might sound sort of boring, but it's very much going on the story, going from left to right, sort of doing boss battles, which are sort of um, pressing buttons to the beat and stuff like that as you're going along. And just like the story and just the visuals are gorgeous. the The audio is just top-notch. Like, it's so... The atmosphere and everything about it is awesome. If you're into like electric guitar and that, you've got to play this game. It's definitely worth the $28.95 on the Australian eShop. Definitely play it. But if you have Xbox Game Pass, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Please play this game. Australian developed and published by uh, Annapurna Interactive. Fantastic, fantastic game. But uh, maybe just look up, look it up a little bit, see if it's your taste to start things off. But it's, it was definitely my taste. It was like top three game last year. And number three, which I want to talk about, is um, a game I've got no idea about, but I love. I'm a big, I'm a big Vocaloid fan, so I've got to mention Hatsune Miku Connecting Puzzle. And I have got no idea what the, what the gameplay of this puzzle game is, but it's uh, easy to play. Just connect eggs, collect as many birds and cute illustrations as you can with me, uh, Miku and her friends. Uh, and it's got, it goes through a few dot points here. So a brand new Miku puzzle game comes to Nintendo Switch. Collect, collect eggs and. To clear and solve puzzles. Uh, About the puzzles, connect eggs with the same patterns with a line that blends twice or less to clear them. Clear all the eggs to complete the stage. Look at the entire board to find eggs. Complete puzzle to unlock illustrations. Completing a puzzle will flip one illustration panel, uh, fill all the panels to reveal the illustration. You can view illustrations of Mika and friends drawn by popular artists. Take care of the birds. You can you can use berries to, you find in the puzzles to call birds into the bird square. Birds that visit will be recorded in the gallery. Uh, try to compute the galaxy. The gallery. It does say compute. Is that just a plain word for complete? Because she's a Vocaloid. Hmm. Don't know how I feel about that, guys. That's a bit much. It's a bit much for me. Um anyway. We we got, we got I shouldn't have some vocaloid music in there. I'm a I'm a big fan of the Vocaloid music. Not so much the puzzle elements and collecting birds. But uh if you do want to get it, I know there's other um Vocaloid puzzle games on Switch. I've seen them before, but it's on 20 it's on sale for 20% off. You can get it for $14.40. So fantastic. Um uh, yeah, big vocaloid fan of myself, not not a massive puzzle. Uh, game fan necessarily won't go out of my way to play them, but uh, any other fellow Vocaloid fans out there, get this, get the game. Nah, don't have to. Anyway, guys, let's move into Reggie's rec room and we'll discuss where I hope the uh, the Pokemon franchise will go from here. Because you know we've seen some different directions, just with uh, you know getting a different team to handle a, a remake. We saw Game Freak go in a different direction. And we've got some rumors as well, which are actually indicating a, a brand new Pokémon game at the end of this year, which uh, is a bit much. But hey, if if they can do it, you know, just give give me some more Pokémon games. So, it is- <laughs>
1: Ooh. hi Nintendo fans. Hey Reggie. Reggie here. Thank you for your never-ending support for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget.
0: Ever. All right, thanks, Reggie. It's nice to have you back here, mate. And yes, like I said, let's talk about where I hope we'll see Pokemon go in the future. Because as a fan, that's you know, it's been it's been an interesting few previous years to be a be a fan of the series. You know, with uh, Pokemon, I guess uh, let, let's uh, let's recalibrate here. Let's uh, let's take a step back to Pokemon X and Y. So. You know, moving from the DS, very exciting that Pokemon X and Y was going to be full three D, and uh, we're getting like a you know the first three D Pokemon game. It looks really cool, and playing through the game, it was a you know, it was a lot of fun to play through the main storyline. Um, but once we got to the end, it was kind of it was kind of nothing to do, and the world was kind of kind of empty, and yeah, and you know, in hindsight, you can see that. the the massive lift it would have been for Game Freak to, like, make all of this 3D assets to move from Pokemon Black and White and Black and White 2, which were animated sprites, which actually looks really nice. so I actually would love them to go back to something like that, potentially. Um, But just, like, the huge lift it would have been to move to 3D. And, uh, you know, then Pokemon, uh, you know, the remakes of uh, Ruby and Sapphire, which were were good. I, I enjoyed them. I think, you know, they missed a lot of things that made the original games especially Pokemon Emerald a really t- treat to play so yeah it was a little bit disappointing but I enjoyed them a lot as well um, but then Pokemon Sun and Moon I think there's a lot of good things about that game but also kind of not necessarily the the vibe I want wanted the wanted out of the the mainline titles so I I was a little bit disappointed and going to Pokemon Sword and Shield I ended up really liking those games but you know just with with the news of the uh, the Pokedex cut initially it sort of rubbed me the wrong way because the games were sort of going a bit down on the, you know, down on trajectory as well. So I didn't know that, uh, you know, particularly that making that uh, Pokedex cut was necessarily going to help. I was like, oh, just another cut on top of things. But I think, you know, at, at the end with Pokemon Sword and Shield, I think it helped a bit. It was definitely uh, something I preferred more. I know that's not something that everybody necessarily agrees with, but I really did kind of enjoy Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, at the end but now we sort of we've moved into sort of a new take on the Pokemon series which is Legends Arceus and um, Ilka which is actually the team they got to do Pokemon Home which uh, Pokemon Home is a really bad application (laughs) 20 bucks a year Uh, features are split across the Switch app and the mobile app Um, the mobile app especially doesn't particularly run very well and just it's, it's annoying it really is annoying so the fact that they got them to make a game, I was like, oh, oh no, guys, that's a that's that's a bit worrying. And you know, it kind of turned out to be my inkling there turned out to be kind of correct because their their the way that game, especially technically, turned out as well didn't um, didn't really live up to it. But going forward, I think this is this is how I would like to sort of see the Pokemon games turn out. And, uh, of course, I'd love to hear your feedback as well. If you'd like to join the House of Mario Discord, invite in the show notes or just at me on Twitter, at iDrube. I'd love to hear what you'd like from the mainline Pokemon series. But um, this is this is what I'd like to see. So with Pokemon Legends Arceus, I think it was a great step in the right direction. And I am interested to see whether this Legends um, type of uh, sub-series or whatever you want to call it will go forward. Or whether this is just like a, a step and then this is what's going to mold into generation nine and the mainline Pokemon games. Because not every Pokemon game can be like Legends Arceus. And I know that might be disappointing if you are a, a single player focused gamer or someone who, you know, just casually plays through the games and goes, That was cool, fantastic, put it down, move on to the next title. And that's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, that's how I play. of my games. Like I move on to the next one if I even finish it, if I even finish it. But a lot of Pokemon players, you know, they'll stick around and they'll do competitive battling. And I know that's that's probably a very small percentage, but like um, personally for me, one of my favorite things to sit down and watch on YouTube is people doing competitive battling. Um, Just like people talking through their strategies, what they're going to do, how they implemented their team, what they're going to do going forward. Someone sends out something and just like that moment when they're like, oh, God. And they've got to think of a counter. They've got to think of a decision. Otherwise, the battle could turn in a very unfavorable way for them. And I think that's really interesting how that all works. And, you know, that is just something that Legends Arceus just won't offer. And those gamers that really like that side of Pokemon, which is a side I really like, even if I'm not hardcore doing it myself. You know, I, I did it, um, you know, the first few months of Sword and Shield, even to the point where I wanted to go to one of the um, championships in Melbourne before COVID hit, j- just before COVID hit, mind you. Um, I think it was like late February in 2020. Um, you know, I really enjoy that side of things. So, you know, people that really enjoy that, you know, they're, just, they're not going to be getting that. So whether they do just have two types of different RPGs. Whether they do, the next game is just a a more improved uh, sword and shield where it is like more of a top-down view. You're going through routes. You might get a wild area type experience, again, similar to sword and shield. But, you know, your abilities are back. Your hold items are back. You've got, you know, it's very much focused on trading and, um, you know, stuff like that again. And you're able to have like a ranked, ranked battles online or whether they sort of mold those two together. And personally, I really do hope they mold them together because I think the mainline series can really benefit from those catching mechanics, that exploration. Exploration is one of my favorite things in games. I don't like, I don't really need to be talked to. Um, I can make my own story if a a game world is set up um, well enough. And uh, I feel like Legends of Arceus it was, like they talk, 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 let me go and I'm off. I'm off doing my own thing, catching my own Pokemon um, but with like a, with a mainline main series, are they going to implement gyms in an open world, sort of, uh, not open world, but, you know, open area setting? So that there's sort of a, a lot to think about. So are Game Freak going to be rotating between two teams making this? Are they going to um, offset it to another team like they did with Ilka? Are Ilka going to continue making remakes, making smaller, more traditional Pokemon experiences? And personally... That is, a, that is the one thing I want to put into stone now as far as what I would like to see is I would like to see another team, wherever it's Ilko, and they're going to learn a lot from Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Like when I say learn a lot, I mean learn a lot. <laughs> Just rub. Um, like I don't need another Pokemon remake, but as far as it's like a smaller team making a more traditional smaller Pokemon game, where it is pretty much, it doesn't even doesn't need to be like a a massive new region. Doesn't need to be with new Pokemon. It could just be like an offset of islands with a few challenges, like a ten hour story, maybe like a maybe like a forty US dollar price tag instead of the sixty that are like a mainline uh, you know full price game will go for. Um, I'd like I'd personally love to see that every second year maybe is like a filler game, just being like hey. We've had this second team. It tells another story in the Pokemon universe. You know, we've got five, you know, explore the land of uh, the islands, <laughs> go to five islands, do five challenges, a little bit of post-game. You know, there might be like some challenge at the end that keeps you hooked for a little bit and then move on. doesn't have to be like a massive sort of game, but I'd like to see something like that. And uh, what? And if they do go down the remake sort of route again, and that like they do a brilliant diamond shining pearl. The, th- the 3d looks, it doesn't look very good. Like uh, honestly, sword and shield and let's go Pikachu looked way better than brilliant diamond shining pearl. And that might have something to do with just obviously a different team has a lot to do with it, but it's also running in the unity engine, which was actually really strange, which <laughs> it kind of works out well for that game. Cause that game's like extremely hackable and that is kind of the saving grace for Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl is that people just add so much to it. They can put their own models in it. They can fill it up with whatever they want. The modding scene is going to be nuts for that game in the future. But I love what Square Enix are doing with Dragon Quest 3. Like, I think it's Dragon Quest 3 anyway. I'm um, sorry if I'm wrong about which Dragon Quest it is. I believe it's 3. But like they're redoing, they're doing it like Octopath Traveler where it is like the the awesome lighting experience uh, lighting energy, energy uh, engine in the like in so with the pixel art, it looks amazing. And if if they're going to remake a Pokemon game, I want them to do it something like that. Just take take the real essence of what made the pixel art in their original game special, and just gloss them up, widescreen them, enhance the you know enhance the music, you know, just do all that stuff. You don't have to. Like Diamond and Pearl and Platinum, especially Platinum, are nice looking games. So the DS games, nice pixel art, you know, nice uh, sort of um, you know chip tune music and just like putting them in widescreen, uh, putting a few more bells and whistles in there, making some quality of life improvements. That would have been better than just doing like a blobby sort of 3D downgrade, upgrade with quotes. Um yeah, it just—I I can't get over how bad that game looks. <laughs> and let, let's let's not forget—I put forty hours into this game. I and you know I enjoyed it because it's 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 the gameplay of Pokemon. It's something I've played. It was familiar, and I needed something nice and breezy to get me back into gaming after you know sort of a a dark period in my life. So let let let's not—I don't even hate these games. I just sort of wish it was better than it was because it's a full price game. You know I. I I expect that it, you know, kind of is better when they already have the story, the characters and all that laid out in front of them and they just have to create, like, a, you know, a lot of assets pretty much. But um, anyway, I'd I'll, I'll love to see them sort of have another crack at a Pokemon game. Um, doesn't have to be a remake, but I would love to see just, like, a, a smaller take on a, on a land to explore and, uh, you know, challenges to do. Just, to like, have a bit of a stopgap. So, you know, so Game Freak doesn't have to be on a necessarily a two-team rotation or have one out every second or every year. You know, Game Freak can take a little bit more time and they can have, like, these other experiences, just fill the gaps. Um, that's what I love to see. <sighs> yeah, I'll, yeah. so I would just love this. Going back to, like, just how Square Enix are doing it, I would give a remake to them, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that would be gorgeous. I, I want that so bad. I want that for any... Any like Super Nintendo game, Game Boy game, Game Boy Advance game, just give it to me. The day Pokemon Emerald is remade like that, I will eat my hat because I know it's not going to happen. So I won't have to won't have to worry about it. But yeah, I'm jumping around quite a bit here, guys. I do apologize for that. So let's go back to just the Game Freak games in general, where you know we've got sort of this split here, and we're not sure how they'll necessarily handle the next game. So there are rumors that Generation 9 will be coming out at the end of this year. I, In some ways, I'm like, sh- how? <laughs> how can this possibly come out? So this will be like three Pokemon games in the span of 12 months, and that's a lot. You know, you think of like Call of Duty coming out once a year, FIFA coming out once a year. These games get a lot of flack because it's like, like, oh, come like how much do you want to milk us dry, guys? Like annual franchises and Call of Duty is always up to a high standard, even though like the last one, Vanguard, you know, didn't review that well. The community doesn't really enjoy the multiplayer and all of that. But for the most part, those games are always quality. They're always fun. You know, they are what they are. They they have their formula. It works very much like Pokemon. But the idea of like having a remake, having a you know a completely different experience for the Pokemon series and then going back... Um, at the end, at the end of the year, to something a bit more traditional, it's like a, it's a lot. And someone, someone like me, I'll I'll keep up with it. I'll enjoy. it. I love Pokemon. I could I could play a new Pokemon every year, and God forbid I have, <laughs> I have every year. Um, but just having a another one, I, I I can just expect like a lot of people being like, like you know, game freak. They need to just take a chill pill and reflect reflect a little bit on legends and. Upgrade their sort of technical know-how and you know just get back to make making a making improvements to their next title. But you know if if one does come out this year, if they've had a second game for each team, made this coinciding with Legends Arceus, like they won't have much time to reflect on how the community sort of really likes certain aspects of Legends Arceus. They they might not be able to react to what they don't as well. So. I know I know. some of you have been like, no, Drew, there won't be. Like, the rumors are just bullshit. But what sort of indicates is what, why this might be real is just that, like, you know, a, a new generation has been coming out every three years um, for a fair while now. So this will be the third year since uh, Sword and Shield in 2019. So, you know, I guess, like, the timeline does line up. If, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. To be honest, I really don't know. But I, I've got to be honest. Uh, a part of me is kind of <laughs> my my heart. <laughs> my heart says, "All right, guys, we just uh, you know, maybe a bit of DLC for Legends Arceus, and uh, we'll we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll play that game for another couple of years, and we'll we'll get a nice polished uh, Generation Nine game in a couple of years. It'll be good." But a part of me, my my brain's just like. I do want another Pokemon game at the end of the year. Why not? Give me another one. I'll buy another one, especially to get like, you know, competitive, the competitive scene reinvigorated and all that, because while it does live in Pokemon Sword and Shield, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, that many people are interested in going back to that game. It's a little bit old now. And the, the meta has run its course for the main part, even though, you know, there are different sort of meta shakeups and stuff going on with the, the online leaderboards. It would be nice to sort of get a, a new game to uh, shake that up again, but don't know. Maybe they're going to go for like a, a Pokemon Stadium sort of take on the competitive scene, which wouldn't be a bad way either. So let, let's discuss this a bit. So with Pokemon Stadium and I guess the most recent sort of iteration of this was Pokemon Battle Revolution on the Wii came out in 2007 or 8. I can't ex- exactly remember. Um, when I went to buy it, I actually couldn't get a new new copy. It went out of print really quick. So I had to get a secondhand copy for like, must've been like 80 or 90 bucks. I remember finding that really hard to swallow, but battle revolution, it was the only way to battle randoms. You could only battle people on DS with uh, your friend code. So none of us are doing that. I've got no friends with friend codes online, you know, so I had to get battle revolution. But um, these days, I don't know. There's a there's a website called Pokemon showdown where you can sort of kit up your own team. You just basically select the item, select the Pokemon and uh, you know, you can use it for test testing before you actually make a team properly in the game. But like an application like that on switch where you are just like putting together teams and just like solely focusing focusing on battles, whether, uh, wherever you are just selecting it from like a screen or you're sending Pokemon from your, um, Pokemon home or something like that. That could, yeah, that could be actually pretty cool. Just have Pokemon home integration, um, into that. I think that would be pretty cool. But at the same time, like, you know, going through actually like training up a, a team in your game and then doing the competitive battling in that same game. I think it just, it makes that, it makes it that bit more personal having it in the same game rather than just sending it to a different application. Because that seems to be what the Pokemon company is doing, just having like a different application for each thing. Like I think the idea for Pokemon Home is cool, but what I would love to see for Pokemon Home is like actually make it the home, that actually make it the Pokemon Home, not just for like a cloud service to put your Pokemon in and get charged 20 bucks a, a week, but just having like all your Pokemon experiences in, in the one place. So, you know, you send all your Pokemon there, you know, you've got, you've got like your uh, achievements and stuff from, you know, uh, certain collection um, goals, which which there are in the game, uh, the Pokemon Home, but I don't feel like they're very well implemented. But then stuff like uh, virtual consoles. So, um, you know, we're seeing sort of a trend for subscription services. Nintendo's got their own dodgy subscription services and, you know, PlayStation and Xbox are doing theirs as well. But I think for the Pokemon company side of things, what I'd like to see is, uh, you know, your Pokemon Home subscription includes some classic Pokemon games. Since they're not coming to the virtual console because the virtual console doesn't exist, I'd like to see like, you know, you boot up your application and you can go to your Pokemon Storage or you can go and boot up Pokemon Yellow. You can boot up Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold, Silver and you've got like the Pokemon Catalog which are included in that service. You can go into them, play them and being right in the app, you can transfer them into, Pokemon, into your Pokemon Home straight away which then they can be potentially moved to Pokemon Sword and Shield or Legends Arceus and moved in and out that way. So it includes that, um, you know, and just include like maybe the competitive battling application can live right there. So then when you're finished with a mainline series title, you can just move them straight to your Pokemon Home and then all of your battle um, boxes and that will be just live in that application. I know that's kind of a dream, especially at the moment because the Pokemon Home app is just garbage. It really is like Ilka fix it. Please, for goodness sake, fix it, Pokemon Company. Like, it's a it's a paid service. It's disgusting. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know, you work with Nintendo too much. Your online service just sucks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, that I've been sort of rambling and thinking through it as we're going, but this is, this is my ideal way of Pokemon going forward. So Ilka or another team doing smaller Pokemon games as we're going forward, maybe filling in the gaps, Giving Game Freak a little bit more time. Don't have to pump them out so quickly. Can focus on things like Legends Arceus and uh, improvements, how they can implement them in main generations with competitive battling, held items, all of that. Um, I think that'll be awesome. Obviously, Game Freak doing what they're they're doing, sort of, yeah, like I said, going forward with Legends Arceus. And uh, Pokemon Home, being literally the home of the Pokemon mainline games. You can play classic Pokemon games imp- uh, implementation into Pokemon Home, and that's where maybe competitive battling will live if uh, Legends Arceus becomes becomes the main thing. So yeah, like I said before, let me know what you guys would like to see from the Pokemon franchise. You might be happy with what it is right now. You're like, you know what? Give me a give me a shoddy remake. Give me a pretty awesome. Um, New take on the Pokemon franchise and move on from there. But this year, if we do get a new Pokemon game um, at the end of this year, uh, you'll hear about it here. That's for sure. We'll be playing it a lot with big Pokemon fans here. So yeah, awesome. So guys, I reckon I'm going to end the episode there. I've got a very, very sore throat after talking for an hour and 20 minutes. If you got to this point, really, really appreciate it. I love doing the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us and having an interest in what we say. It's, uh, you know it's an honor that you guys choose us to uh, you know take up an hour and a half of your time. Very much appreciate it. Hopefully Bryce will be back eventually. I'm literally waiting for my baby to pop out anytime, so that's going to affect things. So there might be a I, I can't make any promises necessarily. there might be a month gap in between here. But I will just have a big shout out to um, our other podcast, Encore at the House of Mario. That's where we do discussions like this, where I am just talking by myself, talking about topics that I'm really keen to talk about. It's been a lot of Pokemon recently, but we're going to be moving forward. And it might be anything from, you know, my favorite Super Nintendo game to what do I think of like the the latest Nintendo game coming out where I can just sit down and talk about it and just have a, you know, in-depth conversation by myself. But um. Yeah, because I really do enjoy solo podcasting and also listening to solo podcasts. Um, I hope you do too because, God, if you hated it, well, I'm sorry if you got to this point unless you skipped. If you skipped, well, here's the hashtag for free. So the hashtag I'm going to put that you can include in the social media posts or in the House of Murray Discord is Thom Legends. So the House of Mario Legends. So T-H-O-M Legends. Be sure to put that in to let me know that you got to this point. Like I said, I really do appreciate it. If you'd like to leave us a review on apple podcast or spotify that'll be also very cool that you'll eventually read out on the show at the beginning beginning of the episode but until then guys the doors to the house of mario episode 212 are closed oh, that door was a bit dodgy eh yeah bloody bloody thing it wasn't turned up properly <laughs> all right guys i'll catch you later